How's it guys, it's Amara Gadra and you're listening to my futile optimism. Since it's the beginning of Jan and most people are starting some sort of a new chapter in their lives, what it could be more appropriate to discuss than the impending end of the world? <laughs> um, I watched Don't Look Up like a week ago and yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, you might be running out of time. But I'll try not to give spoilers because this episode is not really about the movie itself and is more about what we can learn from what the movie says and also about some of the stuff that I was thinking while watching the movie. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Don't Look Up is a movie that's currently on Netflix. It is classified under the genre comedy slash disaster Not to be confused with my love life, which could also be classified under the same category. It's a really random movie. Like, the kind of movie that feels like it should have been made ages ago. And it's something that's like, when you watch it, it's so obvious. But it's weird that it hasn't been done, at least with these actors before. A very quick no-spoiler summary of what the movie is about is that two astronomers basically figure out that there is a comet that is on course to crash into Earth, and the size of the comet implies that it'll probably kill everyone. Um, If not everyone, then most people. So it's a pretty big issue. And I mean, there are some suggestions as to how it can be like mitigated or contained in some ways but the biggest obstacle is to first convince people who have power that this comet is indeed a problem in the first place and that sounds so stupid right like obviously if someone tells you there's a comet that's literally going to kill you and everyone that you've ever known or loved you would think that automatically your response would be okay let's address it I mean the saying is you know, the the elephant in the room. But honestly, it could become the comet heading for Earth. And it would mean the same thing because it receives just as much attention as the elephant in the room, which is none. So the entire plan of these two astronomers and then another doctor who they get help from is to try to convince the American government, basically, to take this thing seriously And they don't just do this for fun. They do this because they literally have six months before the comet is projected to hit Earth. Sorry, to hit and destroy Earth. So, I mean, it is a matter of urgency. Six months is really not a long time. This podcast up to now has been around for six months. And in my mind, it has a long way to go longer than it's been around. So six months in context is just... Pretty, pretty crazy. So anyway, the point of this whole podcast is not really to like reminisce about how awesome the cast was, although that is a given, especially Meryl Streep. Oh my God. You can always figure out how good an actor is by looking at how convincing they are when they portray a character that is not likable. So for example, I absolutely love Meryl Streep. In the words of Cameron Tucker from Modern Family, Meryl Streep could be Batman and still be the right choice. So anyway, because I love her so much, if she portrays a character who I hate, I'm just like, this this lady is amazing. 
Because how can I hate her so much but love her so much at the same time? Yes, wow. Okay, well, without giving too much away, I think it is pretty obvious, though, that in the scenario where the world was going to be ending, that the American government would be very reluctant to do anything, unless it gave them a profit. In most cases, it obviously doesn't. So if you didn't figure it out from that short bit, Meryl Streep is the president of the United States in the movie. Which is some sort of crazy dystopia that I wouldn't mind witnessing. Okay, my dodgy politics aside, I started watching the movie and I mean, there's obviously like a lot of parts about it that are very relatable. So like the idea of trying to convince people of something that's very blatant, very obvious, or the idea that experts are useless when what they say doesn't match up to how we feel. Um you know, just like general mistrust and the politicization of pretty much everything and like a consistent effort to deny what doesn't make political sense. So basically it's the story of profit and political expediency over everything else, which is literally the reality that all of us are living in. So it's kind of difficult to watch sometimes because it feels a bit too real. Like I like fantasy, you know, I want to live in a world where my biggest problem is which fairy godmother I'm going to choose. Not one where every single person I've ever argued with is portrayed on the big screen. I did see that in one of the group chats that I'm in that someone said that the movie feels like a very accurate portrayal of Americans because you can show all the facts and all the science about a comet that is going to destroy Earth and people will still dispute it and still be swayed by, you know, snarky political rhetoric. And someone replied and said, I don't really think it's just Americans. And that is so damn true. We know that Americans are dumb, by and large. But I think we forget that the rest of us are pretty dumb as well. We are pretty gullible when it comes to believing whatever politicians tell us um and you know we'd like to become experts at pretty much everything without ever doing the work that makes one an expert so i don't think it's just an american problem i mean we see this with covid people who two years later still think it's something that doesn't exist and we all know the lady in cape town who protested with the message that she had covid but she does not believe in it And I didn't understand if that was meant to be like the opposite of a motivational talk or if it was like some cognitive dissonance going on. My guess is that it was both, but it hurt my brain to watch that. And that is kind of how I felt watching Don't Look Up. So eventually I just started thinking about what I would do in that situation. What would I do if I knew that the world is basically going to end in six months time? What would I do? And when you watch the movie, you'll see that different characters handle it differently. Some people prefer to just completely disregard the facts and carry on living life as normal. And that's fine. That's your own choice. I don't think I could ever do that because the way that I'm currently living is not optimal for anything. Um, And if I knew that everything was going to end in six months, I think I would change quite a bit about the way that I do things. Um, another person decides to cheat on his wife 
And that is something that you don't really want to do, even if the world isn't going to end. But it's particularly random when you have six months left to love and you could literally devote all of that energy and time with your family and trying to be as good a husband as possible. So, yeah, I mean, Lisa was an accurate portrayal of men, if nothing else. And there's another character who pretty much just chills, who's just like, you know what? People are not taking this seriously. I know that it's going to happen, so I'm just going to chill until then because I can't convince people of this thing anymore. It's taking too much energy, and I deserve to rest. I deserve to rest in anticipation for the end of the world. So I started thinking about it, and it's, it's a very random scenario because generally, like most of us, I think, go through times when you think about your own death or the death of someone around you. But it's not common to think about the death of everyone at once. You know, you, you might assume like, oh, when I, you'd say things like, when I die, do this, this, this. Or if you die, this is how I'll feel. But it's never a case of if all of us die, then I hope that we have done this by then. Most of us don't really assume that we'll be here as like the last group of people on earth. But I don't really think it's that far-fetched. And I mean, the way that we burn through fossil fuels and the way that companies like Shell and BP just refuse to give up any sort of global warming activities. It just makes me think that we might get there sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, it would probably be good for us to start thinking that the world is likely to end pretty soon. And that's a weird thought because it takes away your options of saying like, oh, I, I want my, my kids to have a good life after I'm gone. Because you, if you all die at the same time, Ain't nobody going to benefit from anything that you do now, later. Um, you can't have like a good legacy that benefits other people from your grave. There's just like a lot of weird things that will not go on anymore. And how do you adjust to meet that type of circumstance? It's really weird. So I thought about it and I think... It's maybe something that all of us should spend some time dwelling on. Uh, once you get over the initial shock of the world being uninhabitable, um, it's pretty interesting to figure out what you would do if that was the case. Because it's going to be the case at some stage. Like, personally, I would not cheat on my wife in the last six months of the world, but that's just me. Um, I would probably lean more to just chilling and living my best life. And... I mean, I think that includes weird things like I would probably reply to my WhatsApp messages. Uh, I take very long to reply to WhatsApp messages and I, I don't really have a good reason. So this is my reason. I like to be very deliberate and thoughtful and genuine in my responses, which sounds more like I'm trying to work through a marriage as opposed to just replying to a text. But... I, I like to be fully there, you know, like really immersed in the chat when I reply. So if I'm not in a space where I can do that, then I will put off replying until I am in that space. But I didn't really think about what happens if the space that I am in would be the other side of life and I don't ever reply to these people. I think that would feel much worse than just like half-heartedly replying, you know. And there are cases where I've taken six months to reply. There are cases where I've taken longer to reply. Um, there was one friend who was busy living through 
a civil war and I did not know because I had not messaged her for those few months. There was another friend who was engaged to be married and I did not know because I hadn't replied to her for that long. So yeah, maybe I'm using the word friend loosely here and they might not refer to me in that way because I'm an idiot for not replying. But I eventually did and at least I had the chance to eventually reply but at some stage I might not and that makes me think that... I kind of need to up my game in that instance. The other thing that feels very counterintuitive when you say it out loud is that if I had, if Earth had six months left, I would probably read more. And I know that sounds dumb because what are you going to do with all that information when you die and you don't know where you go afterwards? I feel like there's a lot about the world that I want to know. And like, there's a lot of opinions that I want to understand and interrogate. And I can't do that if I don't read the opinions. And I don't read the opinions because I just like to put it off. Like, I just procrastinate and uh, it's not a good habit. And I think it's like a thing that I would probably not do if I knew that I only had six months left. Like, I would want to know everything that I could possibly know. And I would not make excuses. I would not find other things to distract myself with and avoid reading. Like, I would literally be flying through books there. Okay, not literally. I used that word wrong. You see, maybe I should start by reading a dictionary. An additional thing that also feels counterintuitive is that I would probably take my health more seriously. And you might be thinking, that's dumb because you're going to die anyway. So you don't really have to, like, look after your your like physical health but I think there's a lot of things I would want to do and they would just be made easier and more fun if I had the physical energy for it and if I was not like huffing and puffing every single time I walked 10 steps up a staircase I think I would try and do all the types of diving um so that's like cliff diving skydiving not shark edge diving, but all the other types of diving. I would obviously want to travel as much as I possibly could. Those other guys did it in 80 days, so I'm pretty sure six months is enough time for that. Um, I would, I would really like just do hiking and I would do kayaking and surfing and all of the weird activities that we often judge white people for doing. I think I would do a lot of them because a lot of them look pretty damn cool. And I think I would do all of those activities with my friends and family. So I'd probably like alternate like, okay, every single Monday until the end of the world, you and me, we are going to go do an activity. And then Tuesday would be someone else's day. And Wednesday would be someone else's day. And I think that's how I would do it. That's how I would have to do it. Because like, if not now, when? Like, who really knows? I mean, obviously, as someone of faith, I would be way way more committed to my religion than I currently am like there's a lot of different actions and different things that I can do that would make me a better Muslim and at least would allow me to be fully committed to my religious duties basically there's a lot of Muslim brownie points to be won and I think I would be way more focused on getting those brownie points if I knew that everything was going to end in six months I think most of all, though, there's always the assumption that that there's enough time to become better. 
at being a person, at being like a fellow human being, at all the random skills and things that we want to know. There's just an assumption of longevity. There's an assumption that there will be enough time. And I, I think maybe that assumption is flawed. Because the world might not end in six months. Although if it does, how creepy will this podcast be? But, I mean, we still do have a finite time of living. And, like, why am I not then being the best possible person that I can be now while I'm here? It's no point that once I'm dead, I'm going to be like, oh, please, can I go back and be nicer? Because Casper already did that as the friendly ghost and... He faced a lot of challenges, and I don't feel like doing that to my ghost self. So there's just, there's no reason, there's no good reason to not start being better now and be better tomorrow than I was today and be better the next day than I was tomorrow. Like, am I as kind and compassionate and loving as I possibly can be right now? No, I'm not. For various reasons. Sometimes I'm annoyed at life. Sometimes I'm annoyed at people. Sometimes I'm annoyed at myself. But those are all obstacles that, in the greater scheme of things, aka the ending of the world, don't really matter. It's not going to be a good enough argument for me to justify to myself why am I not being the best possible person that I can be. Which, I mean, brings me to another cinematic masterpiece the good place which if you have not seen you have to watch because you might risk going to the bad place if you don't so again without spoiling it which is very difficult guys so please just watch everything that i've watched because not giving spoilers is is really a challenge here um i mean the good place you know also shows how once you're dead it's done that's really not nice. That's not a nice thing to think about. But it's true. And you can't go back. And when you watch your life uh, again from the afterlife, if you get to do that, I don't know if you get to do that, um, there will definitely be situations where you think, oh man, it could have been nicer. And I, I don't think that there will be situations where you look back and you think, oh, I could have been ruder in this instance. I could have been meaner. I could have been harsher. I could have been less understanding. I should have been you know, more abrasive. I don't think that's how people look back on things, especially after you die. Ugh. And I may be wrong, but why risk it? You know, why risk it? Now, obviously, the other weird thing that would be lacking if the world was going to end in six months would be the concept of, like, liberation for those who have struggled and suffered under colonial rule and capitalism. Like... What is life without the possibility of things getting better? Or the possibility of things getting better within six months or else it never getting better? Like that is woo, not, yeah, that is not the optimism that you guys come here for. I honestly and truly think that if there were six months left of the world, I would try to be involved in as many revolutions as possible. Because there's six months, and we're all going to be dead in six months, and it's going to be irrelevant by then. But at least from now until then, let us try to do something radical, like end world hunger. Okay, sorry, if that's too radical for you, we can just end homelessness. Basically, everybody should have the opportunity to live their absolute best life for those six months. And the only way that can happen is if you successfully stage revolutions everywhere. 
where there is some sort of economic dominance, um, which is everywhere. So that, that is honestly what I think I would do. I don't think it would be done in six months. So I think there's a high possibility that everything might just end and, you know, people will still be fighting in the middle of it. I don't know. But I think I would regret it a lot if I... All I did was read about revolutions and all I did was talk about them and all I did was imagine a world without capitalism and not actually do anything to bring that world to fruition. What an absolute waste of thought. When you watch Don't Look Up, you will see the angle that is very much pro-profit and is like, hold on, maybe there are some financial gains that we can get out of this comet. And it looks flippin' stupid because... That thing's going to kill you. You can't possibly be thinking about making more money when you are literally going to be dead. And yet that is kind of the logic that is still, you know, it's still present. It's still, it is something that exists. It's not, the movie is satire, but satire gets its inspiration from real life. And I know a lot of people who would take the risk of being killed for the possibility of maybe becoming a little bit richer I guess what we need to do is start questioning what it is that makes us richer in the first place. Is it purely just money, this concept that we just created and that doesn't actually physically exist? Okay, fine. Maybe you don't care about your own life. Maybe you would be willing to risk dying if there was a slight chance that you could get richer if you survived. But would you be willing to risk the entire world for that? And if you do, then I'm surprised to... Have you here, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, or Mark Zuckerberg? Um, but if you are not one of those three, then who the hell are you? And what are you doing? And let's talk, please, before you become one of them. And if you have not seen the movie and you are wondering why I'm even speaking about this thing when the reviews about it have been so mixed, I think because there's a lesson here. The reviews about this movie have been really like varying from absolutely stupid and horrendous to incredibly witty and smart and politically coherent. Like it's a really big spectrum that this movie is spanning. And I think there's some like poetic, poetic nature there, which is that the reviews are mixed in the way that life can be. You in this case though, get to decide whether the review that you'll have of your own life will be something that's positive or whether it will be full of regrets and criticisms and unhappiness. And I mean, while you still have a life, you might as well try and make one that will be awesome to review when you die. So if we had six months to live, I think I would probably release more episodes of this podcast. I would figure out a way to get all of you somehow involved in the podcast um I would probably start documenting my crazy lifestyle choices in addition to skydiving it would probably be things like riding a motorbike on a mountaintop it would also probably include mad things like loving people wholeheartedly and fully and completely and just really dangerous things like being myself all the time and not letting annoying people get the better of me. 
I hope that the world doesn't end in six months because that's really not enough time. But if it does, I think I need to be prepared and maybe you should prepare as well. So what would you do if you knew that there was six months left of this world? I don't mean to be like Dora the Explorer who gives you time to answer the question. (laughs) So I'll let you think about it after this. But I believe that you'll make good choices. And I believe that all of us can be good people for at least six months. So here's to us and here's to hope.